Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Best of Worst of British, the podcast that delves into the world of terrible British films so that you don't have to. I am your, should we say dapper, <laughs> dapper host for this episode. My name is Thomas Hodkinson and with me are my catsuit clad assistants for the week. <laughs> it's Lorcan Mullen and Lieutenant Bell. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Bell. Bell yes. <laughs> Someone's had a promotion. Damn right, yeah. Um, I like so- to keep things private. <laughs> oh, because private is a minute. So yeah, as always, we discuss like terrible British films one at a time, just try and work out which are the worst ever created in this nation. This episode, we are looking at 1998. Yes, The Avengers, which is a, a cinematic remake of the classic TV series The Avengers. Peel, doctor, atomic scientist, poet. How now, brown cow? Meteorologist, physicist, marksman. Are you paying attention? John Steed, agent, member of secret elite intelligence arm, traditional. Good morning, constable. Stylish. Reserved. Lethal. Dr. Peel, I presume. Please, don't get up. I wasn't going to. I was about to throw in the towel. Extraordinary crimes against the people and the state must be avenged by agents extraordinary. Time and place for everything. Quite. If we still have an enemy. Now is the winter of your discontent. The weather is no longer in God's hands, but in mine. Hundreds of millions will die. They'll drown, burn, freeze. And this is merely the beginning. Let our rebels begin. After tea. Of course. You'll pay for that. No, the Hulk. The wrong Avengers. No, no Iron Man. There's no Scarlet Witch. There's no Spider Man. There's no vision or anything was the British Avengers before the American comics came out I literally have no idea we should have researched that should we have a Wikipedia break (laughs) (laughs) well we should all be in flight mode right now on our phones yes Michael in flight mode Mm. Um, yeah we're in the corner yeah on on wooden things Um, but yeah it's it's a bit of a weird beast because I used to really enjoy the TV series because it had a bit of a renaissance in the uh, the 90s around the time the film was made I really enjoyed the TV series without watching the film but then the film came out and basically ruined everything 
and the TV series was two years ahead of the comic books. Oh, that was amazing researching. <laughs> going on there from Lockheed. I watched The Man from Uncle a bit when I was a kid, but I never caught The Avengers. I used to watch that a lot as well. I think there was like a there was a boost of like sixties TV shows back in that day because they had that. Uh, it was The Man from Uncle, The Avengers, and. Uh, the original Random Hot yes. Deceased. Yes, I remember watching that as which well. I used to watch religiously as a kid because, mm. yeah, I was cool as fuck. <laughs> I think it was just like like the 90s was very much about, you know, Cool Britannia, Britpop, and, and everything. That sort of else. nostalgic. Yeah. yeah th- th- it was around that time they started doing the I Heart the 1960s yeah. and 70s and 80s like shows. TFI Friday, uh, the opening theme to that was like uh, from a British TV show of like the 60s or 70s yeah. as well, I think. You know, like it was all. It was all very much back in fashion. And um, this film helped get rid of that. It's <laughs> yeah. appropriate that this came out around the same time, like Be Here Now and all the other. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the Coke was running out. Yeah, this, this, this the brought... Labour, Tony Blair actually had to govern, and then it was all. <laughs> yeah, this brought the death knell to all of that. Um, so, yeah, this, uh, this film starred Rafe. No, sorry, Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> it's named Ralph. Get it right. <laughs> Ralph Fiennes, brother of Shakespeare, Uma Thurman. Who I think a year previously had just done. When was uh, Pulp Fiction? Ninety four. Ninety four. Ninety four. Around that time. Yeah. No, this but is, this she, is more importantly. Th- literally the year before she did Batman and Robin as Poison Ivy. Well, she kept the outfit. Batman and Robin was overacted. This is very much underacted. Yeah. But I think it's interesting when you're a kid. All films are great. All films are a bloody miracle. <laughs> I, 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 and and I remember when I was about thirteen, fourteen, or whatever, was around the time that I saw the first film to disappoint me. And it was actually Stargate, which quite a lot of people like. So it was weird for me to dislike a film that's actually fairly well liked. But I remember by the time of 97, seeing Batman and Robin, I was like, now this is a bad film. And then seeing The Avengers in 98 a year later was the first time I thought I could walk out of this very easily. That was the first time I seriously considered a walk out of the movie. I I still haven't done that. I love the idea of you being this pretentious movie snob at 10. No, no, no. So well, this no, no, no. So I'm... <laughs> Mummy ice cream. <laughs> For, uh, <laughs> but uh, the cure. <laughs> no, no, I would have been 14 or so at this point. So, you know, very much in the everything sucks period of, of time. Um, Offspring and Green Day. Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> Americana will hold up. No, it, it does. I've still got the hoodie. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> So this is weird, actually. This is a curious example of returning to a film that I saw so long ago, but I still have vivid memories of it for its badness. For me, it was it, it was a bit different because I can remember watching bits of this and slightly enjoying it. Like I say, being a fan of the original series, I remembered and it brought back a few memories of that, which was good. But then again, I did have to be a fan of the original to really get behind it. Anyway, so not only are Rafe, sorry, Ralph, <laughs> for the um, who's the director? Uh, I, I genuinely can't remember his name. What was it? It's not to very. Do a joke. It's Jeremiah Checkit, which is what he should have done with the script. Hey. Right, we'll get into that. We'll get into Points, Bell. We'll get into what was wrong later. All right, we'll we'll, we'll, get, we'll carry on. Restart. This film not only starred Ralph and Uma, which is a great thing to say in any language. Um, it also starred Mr. Fucking James Bond himself, Sean Connery, as the villain, no yes. less. I'm trying to remember if Sean Connery ever played a villain before this. Nothing's springing to mind. I think he was a bit of a knob in Time Bandits, wasn't he? I mean, he's a bit of a knob in general. (laughs) He punches women. (laughs) Or or grabs them by the throat as a greeting in this film. But at least this time it's the villain. (laughs) 
It's the first film I have watched in one sitting. Ever. And what a film to go with. Not only have we got like that star quality of Ralph, Uma and Sean, we've also got uh, stars such as Jim Broadbent playing oddly a character called Mother, which Mm. confused me. Mother. Mother. But along for the ride as well, for some reason there's henchmen. Eddie Izzard in one of his first acting roles and Sean Ryder from the Happy Mondays. <laughs> well, they're also just going to give them drugs. <laughs> Everyone in Manchester. <laughs> it just seems like, as casting choices go, that's up there. No, that's when he, Happy Mondays stopped around 96. Uh, so he was looking for stuff. He still well, has the notoriety. So this is Black but... Grape, actually. Yeah. I think we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he'd be looking for stuff. He had, I was going to say cash. He hadn't spent it all on his teeth yet. Probably why they didn't have him talk if they want to keep this PG. Actually, maybe, speaking... maybe um, uh, Eddie Izzard has got the same agent as him, and he's like, "I'll oh, go on. I've got two for one. Chuck <laughs> <laughs> him in. Go on." Do you want a drug addict from the nineties? <laughs> like you mentioned teeth, and for some reason that's made me think about tea. And throughout the film, we'll find that there's been numerous examples of people stopping for tea. So I think a quick tea break here. Yep, very yeah, I'm gonna have an Earl Grey. Okay, so we, we, we start the film uh, with a really trippy title sequence the, because it's the 90s, of course we did. That was the only note I took for this whole, <laughs> to be honest, 84, okay. 84 minute film, 10 minutes of credits. <laughs> well, we have to realise who it was that created this abomination. We have to know who to blame. Yeah. Jeremiah Check It. Jeremiah Check It, yeah. Check It. Check it. He's made a bad film. <laughs> and we open up on uh, Ralph... I'm just going to call him Ralph. Uh, in, a, in a hat. Ralph in a hat, in a very sweet hat, but that's not a bowler hat. That needs to be pointed out. Ah, I it was. It's not, no, no. So what's a bowler? And a bowler that? is like the hat he wears, but it's curlier on the edges. Curls ah. in more. Whereas his is more sort of round. It Welcome needs to, to the curl. best of worst of British hats. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, sombrero. So what, what, not what's a British what's hat. The, what's the name for that sort of hat? I don't know. I'm just going to call it the Ralph hat. <laughs> so Ralph is wearing his Ralph he's hat. He's also on a cobbled street because we're in England, remember? Oh, yeah. Well, that's it's not, a very country street. That's the whole thing about re-watching this now. It made me realise that the whole thing was like a, a pastiche parody of British values. Mm. Um, it, it, it's and, and so it's probably no surprise that this is, writ- as far as I'm aware, it's written and directed by non-Brits people. So I didn't even know how much this counts as a British film but it's, since it's based on a British property and is about Britishness it's very much about Britishness insofar as the, the villain is in control of the weather and most of the stars <laughs> apart from Uma I think most of the stars were born here as well yeah yeah um, although uh, Sean Connery would rather not be known as British <laughs> no he should be known as Swiss where he is hiding his millions <laughs> hey if I had it so would I <laughs> So we uh, we meet Rafe Ralph, sorry. Uh, we meet Ralph as John Steed, who um, is very close to the name of one of my favourite football players. Um, he complete with his signature umbrella and not bowler hat. So John Steed is no one's favourite football player. He is my favourite. The old player. Sunderland forward, yes. Blackburn, didn't from Huddersfield, Blackburn, Bradford, Notts County. I love John Steed. It's a very in thing. <laughs> it's, it's such an in joke. You won't even understand that. It was like one game of Pro Evo me and my old friend were playing. It was Sunderland versus Inter Milan. He scores a goal and the face he pulls in the video replay was astonishing. <laughs> just like the corners moo. It just became this whole thing. To be fair, yeah. I imagine if John Stead had scored against Inter Milan, he would be a little <laughs> bit, what the fuck? 
<laughs> what happened? Listener, listener dear, you realise we're stalling because the film's awful. And so, the film's not... <laughs> you keep pulling me into tangents. What am I supposed to do? Ignore them? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and also, an interesting thing about this is Ralph Fiennes. This is prime young, Ralph. handsome Ralph yeah, Fiennes. Yeah, he's playing Hugh Grant. So, the like, if, if things had gone a different way, there's... A, Ralph would not be M at this point. He could have very easily been a, a James Bond. It's a very interesting point. And this film probably made the Bond producers go, this man will never be James Bond. <laughs> that actually... He's done, he's done better right. than Bond, though. I don't like Bond. Bond is... Nah. We'll get to, we'll we'll, we'll address know, Bond in the in the future at some point yeah, on this show. No, you get, you get your money, but you can do much more better films than Bond. Bond is not a good film. Well, there are good Bond films and bad Bond films. I mean, and we this, will this cover is bad just Bond after films. Goldeneye and yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies. This would have been the same so, years. Um, no, no, Tomorrow Never Dies was 97. 97. So this, this was just after. Yeah. So Bond was in like a bit of a resurgence at this point. Okay. But not the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> what happens next? Well, Steve goes through a testing facility. Sorry, Ralph goes through a testing facility, <laughs> fighting pretty much everyone on the street. He gets attacked by the local policeman. A milkman decides to try and glass him. There's nuns. nuns with guns and oh no, no, there's no guns throughout the entire testing sequence. It's all handheld knives or well, it's Britain, right. just isn't like, it? Just, yeah. like, just like the streets of London at the moment. Oh, here's the thing: it's a bad scene. I'm not going to deny that because then he almost gets run over and he uses his umbrella to it, prop himself. It's just up. a campy fighting scene. But, but because I'm such a fan of the 60s version of the TV show because I remember the, the fight scenes to that and because they use the iconic theme music I just went ha 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 it, it, is, a, it is a great theme ba 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 da boom I love how you were just on your own on that one yeah. I, <laughs> the I, I thought you were going to join in but no no, no left you stranded on that one and then um, we meet Steed's sorry Ralph's um, head of operations who's known as Mother Mother Mother, mother, Jim Broadbent. Um, oh, guys, it's been fifteen minutes. Let's have another cup of tea. Oh yeah, yeah. probably a cup of tea there. Mm. Mm, chamomile. Mm. Mm, sleepy time tea. Anyway, so we meet Jim Broadbent, who plays Mother, the head of the Ministry. Mother, just called the Ministry. Um, looking like he's suffering from some serious gastro issues. Yes. From what I've read, he did pad himself up deliberately for the role. But he still looks you like read. shit. You did research into this. Yes, because I do read. Because I want to be a professional, Michael. <laughs> you doing a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, we then meet Uma Thurman's character, Emma yes. Peel, who for some reason is in like Chinese dress, accepting ominous packages from strangers with terrible dubbing. I was just thinking of like the going back to the training thing. It was like a, a various images of Britishness, like it's the milkman attacks her, a little old lady, uh, some nuns. three evil nuns. Yeah, I was on uh, another recurring theme. We've had nuns uh, popping up in several films, I think, so far. I think they were in on the buses. They were. They I know were, they were yeah. in Bullseye, and so it's like <laughs> I'm trying to think of what could be some other British things he could have encountered that would have suddenly attacked him along the way. A farmer. Yeah, a farmer with his sheep. Scurvy. <laughs> and a farmer would like, and then he's just gonna go sheep, and then turns out they're robot sheep. Attack! <laughs> they come flying. Sheep out. attack. That's maybe my favourite phrase ever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can imagine like someone Into in a mobile. Bartle. <laughs> Give him five two, seconds of silence. Yeah, <laughs> too far. That deserves another tea break. Game tea. Ooh, not even a drop of sugar. Hmm, semi-skimmed. Mm. Anyway, after all this, we meet Uma's character, Emma, and uh, 
Yeah, she gets a box of chocolates and then invites... Well, she doesn't get an invite. She gets information to answer a phone, which just happens to ring at the right time. Well, I mean, spy uh, thriller films. Why couldn't they just give her the invite, though? That's what I understand. Anyway... You're, she thinking, gets you're thinking way more about that than the director or the writer <laughs> she did. Gets an well, these, cause they, again, they wanted, they wanted to go into a British, a symbol of British, uh, Britishness, and it's the red phone box, isn't it? Is, uh, it? is it? It's not. Unless it's, that'd be really annoying. If it was one of those shitty '90s BT phone boxes. <laughs> you know? It was. A, she didn't go into a phone box, didn't she? No, it was her own personal phone that she answered. She goes into a phone box at some point, though, doesn't? Oh, she? that's much later. Okay, yeah. way later. He does, doesn't he? Oh yeah, they both do at one point as well. <clears throat> Pill gets an invitation to go and meet Mr. Steed at a gentleman's club. <laughs> I do not want to know what Sean Connery's gentleman's clubs are like. Get in shade, let's have a look at your ovaries. <laughs> no girls allowed. It's gentlemen's yeah. clubs. That's the thing. Have you ever been in a gentleman's club? Been to a strip club. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we right? call them, isn't it? I don't think, I don't think gentlemen attend those. <laughs> I, never, I, never, I, I beg to differ. I went to one when I was a student. I went to one when I was a student in Aberystwyth, and I will say this though. They are very nice chairs and very cheap drinks. Oh, okay. Mm. And it is very nice and peaceful and quiet, but... I've been to a golf club. That's like similar-ish. Pretty much. That's the second gentleman's club as well. That was in um, whatever the awful film was. There was a gentleman's club in in Bullseye. Bullseye. Yeah. Yeah. So this this podcast is none of the gentleman's clubs. Yeah, Yeah, we need to keep tallies of this. (laughs) Maybe that'll be our name for our... That'll be if we don't want to go with best of words of British. Nuns and gentlemen's clubs. (laughs) We could do one of those word clouds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nuns, gentlemen's clubs. For fuck's sake. (laughs) Michael Winner. Women drivers. Women Women drivers. drivers. Okay. We're getting into a hole here. So Peel goes to the gentleman's club. I think it was called Boodles, where she upsets... Many men, yes, many men who are very old. <laughs> How am I supposed to drink tea in the presence of a lady? <laughs> I'm here to read the Financial Times, and she's here with her breasts. What am I supposed to do? I'm enjoying the ribald humour of 1850s punch magazines. I thank you, madam. Do not disturb me. Oh, they are giving it to Disraeli. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to top that. She meets the porter there, who keeps telling her she can't come in because she's a lady. A lady. <laughs> Anyway, she meets the porter and he says, you really can't come in. And she confronts him and then all of a sudden she's just walking into the sauna. I reckon there was a fight scene between her and the porter that got lost in the cut. Yeah. And it's a, it's I don't know, I don't know if, they, if, if they edit out anything, I can't imagine it's fight scenes. Although, to be fair, the choreography in these films would suggest not a lot of effort went into the fight scenes. <laughs> but it, it's just weird how she confronts him and then suddenly she just happens to be walking through that like there's no solve to the conflict. There's yeah. no solution there. Because it's Uma Thurman. Yeah. But, but it, it, it grates yes, on me. It grates on me that... The, she just manages to walk through and no explanation as to how. And and also, another one of the key things, uh, people aren't ever fussed by anything for the most part in this film. So she yeah. walks in on Ray Fiennes in the nude with a newspaper. She isn't fussed. He angles himself so that she sees what she has on display. She isn't fussed. <laughs> yeah, but the, the whole thing is, when she first meets Steed, he's stark bollock naked but luckily has his hat by his side <laughs> and it's just a very clear obvious sign that you know, they're gonna bang so wait yeah that's the thought he, he has his hat but no other items of clothing As like the hat is the last thing that will yes, go because he's a British gentleman <laughs> because he likes Tom Jones songs and he can leave his hat on <laughs> I wouldn't like Tom Jones Welsh bastard hey oh. 
No Welsh in this film. All Britishness all the time. So here's one thing I'm trying to work out at this point. When do we, do we know when the film is actually set? Well, it seems to be set into a post-apocalyptic United Kingdom that has a population of about 30. Yeah, there's no <laughs> cars not, on the road, there's no people, there's nothing. It's, it's not quite sure whether it's the 90s or the 60s, because all the cars are classic. A lot of the buildings look quite old, but a lot of the technology used is very modern. Was Was the Avengers fantastical, or was it very much of its time? Was It, it was ridiculous as fuck. Yeah. It was so stupid and out there, but so that the, there was part of its charm. So there were gadgets and, and crazy. Oh, things, there was a few it? bits and bobs, but not to the length of the film. Where so it's I'm gone. wondering if they're like they're saying it's like exist, like the Avengers exists in its own bubble, and this is what thirty years on from the sixties mm. Avengers will uh, Britain like that will be like, where there's you know where they're controlling science and and bubbles that you can walk through, walk, walk on water in, and what absorbs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. <sighs> I think we're giving a lot more thought to this right now than the, than the film. Yeah, ends. anybody did on the film. <laughs> yeah, so nine minutes, 36 seconds in, she takes one of uh, Mother's macaroons, which Mother loves. Mother loves her macaroons. Quite right, too. And there's an instant bit of conflict between Uma and Ralph. Mother. Where, which means clearly that they're going to bang! <laughs> Did someone? What was the what was the conflict? One person took the Battenberg. And someone <laughs> he, was, he was literally. He he said to her, "Don't take mother's macaroons. Mother loves macaroons." Then she takes a macaroon, and he he just stares at her like, "I'm gonna fucking punch you later." <laughs> that's not how you bang, Tom. <laughs> oh, that's where I've been getting it wrong. <laughs> yours, yours is assault, not Tom. Not sex. We told you before that is not fisting. <laughs> that <is> not... <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Uh, I just also why was why is Emma Peel there? Why why was she hired? Like is she a new hire, a new recruit? Well, here's was she the an thing. agent beforehand? What is here's she? the thing: she's a scientist working on a top secret project, which apparently wasn't that top secret. And they discovered that there's footage of her deliberately sabotaging the project. So instead of just like arresting her and imprisoning her, they make her an agent. To go with John Steed to investigate the, the thing. logic does seem flawed. It's flawed. <laughs> flawed. It's fucking backwards. I like, to imagine, I like, to say, like that was what Mother said to. Yeah. They said to the Prime Minister. Admittedly, Prime Minister, the logic is flawed. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Prime Minister. We we didn't really think this one through. Slowly, uh, slowly, catchy monkey. We'll get her eventually. I've been off my tits on acid for four days. I'll and... be I'll be honest, Prime Minister. We should have known the father was in on this because this is the stupidest mission. That we've ever done. It's just, of they, course, she didn't even hide it in hindsight. She said, "You know what would really fuck us up if we hired this woman to be that we think is a criminal." But none of this business could be conducted until they had a tea break. Oh, yes. break. Mm. Ooh, Ooh tastes like oppression of India. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you can really taste the PG in the tips. <laughs> I liked it with the monkeys. <laughs> you always like it with the monkeys. They've got Mrs. Peel. Very, very clear evidence because I keep calling her Mrs. Peel because that's what the, no one ever says her name's Emma throughout the whole film. It fucks me off. <laughs> Oppression of women. You must be Mrs. Peel. And she's obviously not married. One would hope if uh, Mr. Steed is a I, I think an honourable man. Well, according to so she be Ms. According to the Peel. footage, though. Her husband died in an explosion at the of course ah. he did. facility, which she was at the time was the only one to make it out alive, as well as her brother-in-law. So she so, still misses Peel because she was married. I see. But he died at the facility. So Uma Thurman's not 
a terrible actor. She's shell shocked. Yes, yes, that's the excuse. Um, but yeah, it, it's there's clear evidence that she's gone in and ruined the facility and that she sabotaged it herself. Although actually, and there's clear evidence against that. And then the ministry decide, fuck it, here's some weapons. What a <laughs> fucking stupid move! It's really hard to will off. Like, there's no anger in me for this one, really. It's just so. Is, is that, it's really I think because the the performances are so apathetic, they don't mm. care themselves in the film. It is mm. like he's going to blow up the entire Western Hemisphere. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Shall I have your mother? <laughs> Should we stop them? Oh, wow. I mean, after... I've the, just the, started my scones. At least after the cricket's done. <laughs> you know? It's so British. There's one bit. It's way into the future, but um, mother is on the floor. It's fallen out of the chair. And Ralph is there going, oh, what should we do? What should we do? Blah, 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 blah. But he's just got a fag on the whole time. Yes, my, don't mind me, Steve. I'll be fine. <laughs> in, my, in my head, that was just there. That was, he was yeah, just having a fag. That was Jim Broadbent <laughs> going... Do you want us to set you up for this take? No, you just fell out. No, I'm not getting up. Just throw some snow on me. It'll be fine. <laughs> In my head, that's all that was happening. There's nobody cared. It just passed through. Anyway, we now meet our first proper villainous character of the film, uh, Father, who is a woman. Why are you this confusing movie? Um, played by Fiona Shaw. Now, here's the thing about Father. Apparently, the character's supposed to be blind. But there's evidence throughout the fucking film that she's not. Ah, the Stevie Wonder th- conspiracy. <laughs> uh, but the character's blind, but the actress isn't. Yes, but the character... <laughs> on Do you numerous... think she kept forgetting? <laughs> yeah. She, they, 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 don't, they haven't bothered with the second take, so every time she's fucked up, we go, oh, wait, no, we've got to go back. No, I just, it's, no fine, it's fine, it's fine. Same with Jim Broadway with the fag, I'm sure. It's we just... don't have enough film, let's keep going. <laughs> anyway, um, one thing I noticed about this film, though, between, especially between... Uma and Ralph a fuckload of innuendo they wouldn't have have described it as a fuckload (laughs) (laughs) you and I are different people more than on the buses oh more than let's get get this straight a lot of innuendo zero chemistry oh yeah (laughs) between the two it's almost as if they were like, yeah, well, we've got a sharing, I suppose. I, I just think the problem is that they were told to, like, usually with acting, they're, they're usually told louder, slower. This one, they just said, less. Harder, better, faster, stronger. Less, less, less. Less than that. Ralph, I'll be honest, we don't need to leave the trailer. That's how little <laughs> we care about what performance you put in. If I have a lip and all that, pip, pip. Well, you think about, like, the casting dynamic, because obviously Ralph and Uma just didn't have it. You look at the uh, numerous people who are, are supposedly going to be playing Emma Peel, including Nicole Kidman yeah. and Emma Thompson. Well, I think Nicole Kidman was going to do it, but Eyes Wide Shut just kept yeah. pushing and pushing, so they had to go with a. Uh, Emma Thompson would have been a good shout. Emma Thompson would have. She'd put too much acting into it. Yeah. But then would that not have really helped the film? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they would never have let. They would have fired her on the first day. <laughs> what is this you're doing? Get away from my set. I thought Uma was the best thing in it, which says a lot. Yeah, but yeah. for. <laughs> Purely male chauvinistic reasons. No, no, no. I, I, I like her as an actress. But... See, really? Yeah. Oh, she's good in a number of things. She's good in Kill Bill. Good yes. Good when, when Quentin Tarantino wasn't trying to kill her on set, apparently, <laughs> she put in a good performance. 15 minutes in, we finally meet Iddy Izzard looking rather sinister <laughs> and not at the exact same time. No, he did some excellent chewing gum acting. I think this you'll was, find. This was, this is prime Eddie Izzard, in my opinion. Like, this is definite article, glorious period. No, Eddie this Izzard. is just after, um, dressed the, 
Is it? Is it? It's after the year. It's not. It's, if I it's thought Dress to Kill was ninety nine. It's ninety six. Was it? Yeah. No, definite article. Which is one? Alcatraz. Definite article. Definite article is ninety four. Glorious is ninety six. Is it ninety seven? No. So it must be ninety eight. We do have a computer at our disposal. Just uh, I'm going to base oh, this yeah. on my personal. You know, the Alcatraz was maybe ninety seven. But anyway, I, what I like to one of the things that I don't get though is that Eddie Izzard is one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time, in my humble opinion. A man known for his great verbal dexterity. Not for the last and his, 15 years. Maybe but, not, yeah, but yeah. you know, prime, ed, prime Eddie Izzard. Oh, Izzard. Izzard. What do you Amazing. do with a great stand-up comedian? Don't have him talk. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that there were lots of him, like he was trying to do like Eddie Murphy in 48 Hours. This will be my time to shine. I'll get to improv on set. Right, uh, Eddie, it's your take now. Remember, oh, don't course. say anything. You've got to stand there looking menacing, okay? <laughs> just standing in the corner chewing some gum and you don't look evil Eddie we don't want you to talk but I was just thinking oh, I could take his bowl of hats and go oh, no, bowl no, of hats of course no, Ed, Eddie never, uh, no, never, really. used, never used them bowls is it of course where they, they throw the bowls at the jack that was based in the 13th century where there was a man called Jack that everyone used to throw balls at to try and hurt him he'd go ow stop throwing balls at me and say shut up Jack cut, cut. Eddie 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 what do we tell you man no 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 talking just looking menacing alright all right, I'll try it again okay, I'll try it again take again come on a uh, hat of course we all wear hats top hat that was, uh, that was not the top hat but top that top hat is the top of all the hats and it's uh, and there was a hat ranking system that took part and you had the bowler hat and it was like oh I'll put you at number two uh, top hat that goes at the top right that's cut tea. that's tea. <laughs> ah Smells like the death of careers. <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> oh, come on. We don't have careers. <laughs> That's why you do a podcast. <laughs> All right, so Eddie is just in chewing so, some gum. Yeah, and now... There's a fight scene no, with Sean Ryder. There's a Batman level of fight scene. Here, so and this is it. Batman 66. Yeah, this is that, comes on, that comes on later in the film. Isn't it? No, because here's the thing. So, I thought it's just like no, no. Eddie that, turns up is to that fight comes, Ray Fiennes. That comes later Ralph in the Fiennes. film. Oh. What happens next is they drive around to go and see August De Winter, oh, played by drive. Fraud They Potter. drive and they have a cup of tea in the car. Yes, yeah, they have a cup yeah. of tea in the car because Steed's car has got like a tea caddy in it, of built in because he's British. That's what he and does. He wanted lemon in his tea. I know that's not British. That's not what he does. Bloody no, Ralph. No. <laughs> because we see later on in the film that Eddie Izzard's character's car is a mini with like a checkered roof. Of course it is. And when they're driving around in the first driving scene. They're followed by a mini with a checkered roof, but it does nothing, which argues the idea that anything has yet again played another role in this film, and that there would have been a more of a scene involving that with Izard following them and trying to work out what they were doing. But because of editing, it just pops up and he's never explained. He's the worst henchman I've ever seen in any film. Like, no, his, his, his sidekick later on is worse. Well, yeah, as a, as a main henchman, <laughs> just because of his ineffectiveness, he doesn't look tough. The whole film he doesn't fight. No, no, there's another. Like, henchman. Even even in the old, like it seems like they're going for like the henchman in those old. I'm assuming there were henchmen in the Avengers films and Batman yes, and the Batman films would yeah. always get dressed up in the theme of whatever their their boss. <laughs> I always love that the criminal boss is like, right, I need your references and your measurements. <laughs> Who wants to be scouts? You, you want to be a scout. You want to be a scout. Who wants to be a little sailor? You do. You do. You do. Oh, sorry. No, uh, no, no, you put too much weight on. You can't be a sailor. Like, memory... No chubby sailors on my boat. <laughs> my memory of the henchmen in these shows is they get at least a hit in. I don't think no. Izzard gets a hit in this whole thing. Nine times Towards out of ten, the the, you get one, maybe, one maybe will get like a decent punch in. The rest will get thrown 
hit tossed to fucking hell. <laughs> but um, anyway, where was I? Uh, Sean Connery being creepy in the bushes. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> for once he didn't have to go to the authorities. Over Again, that. that was just there. It was just filmed. Yeah, yeah. Sean that... Connery just turned up on set, <laughs> and they were just like, "We haven't got a, our villain hasn't come in." It was Michael Caine. He had a whole weird excuse for that. <laughs> <laughs> Reference <laughs> callbacks, um, but Sean Connery's just kind of bothering Uma Thurman. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> sure. He's grabbed her by the throat. Um, <laughs> rolling? <laughs> Uma, just play dead. Oh, yeah, you're very good at that. <laughs> now play alive. No, alive, Uma. Alive. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> look, look, clicky fingers. I'm a, look, look at me. Look at the clicky fingers. Where's my money? <laughs> yeah, anyway. Sure. Man... Ah, Uma Thurman. I have heard many things about you, specifically your age, and I quite like the sound of it. <laughs> Let me look at your precious little neck. <laughs> Money. <laughs> so, a man called August de Winter is obsessed with the weather and runs an organisation called Brolly because that's writing at its finest. Uh, August de Winter? Yeah. <sighs> so he's French. <laughs> Even worse. A French <laughs> Scotsman, the worst of two worlds. <laughs> It's it's but it, it this game this does harken to the old series. They did have like ridiculous acronyms for the organisations. They did have stupidly named villains. So what does Brolly stand for? Oh, it was uh, oh British Reliance, Reliance on over. The, I can guarantee they didn't bother learning or yeah. making anything up, so we shouldn't bother. Either. Yeah, we, we we can research this, but we're about sixteen minutes into the film. Come on, chop chop. Okay. No, that means we're halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> I also noticed that during this filming, uh, Fines Ralph, has the permanent grin of someone who's just solved a Sudoku. <laughs> like, pleased with himself, but not very outwardly. Yeah, especially if it was at medium level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I usually only get the easies. <laughs> the look I got was that he fit into a pair of trousers he didn't think he would anymore. <laughs> that, that level of smugness, you know? Yeah. So, here's the thing that I get. Right, Emma Peel... Get out of the car to Uma. go to August de Winter's... Uh, yeah, Uma gets out of the car to go to Mr. Connery's mansion. His stately home. Mm. She just walks through the gates. No security. No locks. That's because there's no people. There's more, the yeah, in this film, there's more world leaders than Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> there's like that a, wasn't they're driving around, there's not a car on the road. You know? And it's supposed to be London. That wasn't a world meeters meet. <laughs> yeah. That was a world leaders meeting. That was just like a... That was just a village hall meeting. That, was just, that yeah. was just the local fancy con- dress costume <laughs> for, all the, for all the people that were left in the world. And Damon, what did I tell you about wearing African dress? It's just not on. <laughs> it's all that was left. You should have gone bare then, shouldn't you? <laughs> but yeah, she just walks in without being stopped by anyone. And for a man who basically runs that big an empire and has all these fingers also, in pies and companies. One thing, was that the same house as the uh, Gentleman's Club earlier on? No. Because I reckon it was the same thing. It looks similar. It was definitely not the same Fair place. So um, this is obviously meant to be Sean Connery riffing on the classic Bond villain, I would assume. Yeah. But he's not... Like, like some of the things with the Bond villain is that they they're brought to their lair and everything, but they're brought to their lair by a hench. Like literally, yeah. Like Bond has at least got a gun pointed at him whilst no. they're marching you towards. You come it. to my lair. But this is like, you know. <laughs> also, doesn't doesn't someone knock on the door and Sean Connery has to go and answer it at some yes. point? Oh yeah, that will come oh, later. Fuck shit! It's those Jehovah's Witnesses again. I Look, don't the end of the world happened. 
the end of the one happened and you stayed behind. What does that say? I don't want to buy your encyclopedia. <laughs> I, think, I think Jeremiah Checkett forgot to check if they had any extras. So there was, was just the main cast and that was it. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yes. I ordered something on Deliveroo and I forgot. For, oh, shit. for a $60 million budget, they really skimped on the casting. They, they, were, they were two minutes away from Eddie Izzard in a different hat. <laughs> I had to play somebody else, for God's sake. No, no, no. When Eddie Izzard, remember he did that queue of murderers. That's him. Literally <laughs> yes. every single... Ex- yes. That's like a cut of every single mention member of the UN and it said he is like doing a different and in each one he's chewing a different flavour of bubblegum yeah. <laughs> whoa juicy fruit mm. Mm, I'm wearing mascara in this one anyway um, I'm wearing a top hat <laughs> Eddie no guys. you're silent in this bit alright Eddie no just just play some music over him it'll be fine <laughs> anyway Sean Connery turns up in a tartan suit because of course he does he's Scottish and French and French this is going to turn into like Roger Moore's penis obsession isn't it? <laughs> this is what's going to happen now Scottish French Scottish French the worst of all the worlds no, no deep fried no. deep fried snails my darling uh, <laughs> iron brew mixed with a fine mer- French. <laughs> it's French it's French it's French 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 that's angry if ever surely it's scotch Finally, uh, Scotch makes sense. Oh, yes. <laughs> Blase, but also furious. <laughs> she goes into the botanical gardens, and for someone who managed to walk into the mansion without anyone stopping her, for someone who managed to go through the house without anyone touching her, she's then being shown around by a random, nameless, faceless servant. Oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck did you come from? And why didn't you answer the door? Yeah. <laughs> why didn't you lock anything? I'm on my lunch break and I stick to it. Oh, for fuck's sake, he's on his lunch break. Uh, not lunch break, tea break, gentlemen. Very good. Mm. Mm. Smells like attacking Irish people. Mm. Mm. I-, I love that sort of Scottish French tea. Connery decides to introduce himself to Emma Peel by strangling her. <laughs> it's that's the Connery way. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I shake hands. This is how I met three of my five wives. <laughs> he's creeping in the bushes, he strangles them, and then makes a joke about her being wet. One thing I do love about this scene is when he's showing some of these amazingly unique flowers to Uma, he turns the sort of the, the mirror glass thing towards his own head and the great shot of him having a gigantic head <laughs> whilst talking. It's a, a really rare flower. She, and she's just got the biggest fucking nugget. Oh shit, I should have put that magnifying glass somewhere else to impress her. <laughs> Maybe if I bring it down here, yeah. here, yeah. here. Yeah. How, does this remind you of Mr. Weinstein? <laughs> but basically, we're 20 minutes in. I've got no idea what's going on. Some about plants and tea. As if we're only 20 minutes in. That's the bizarre bit. Um, Let's speed through the rest quicker, of this. Quicker, quicker, quicker. even Mush. the villain stops for a tea break. See? So, tea? See? Mm. Ralph heads to a phone box. Yeah, there we go. No, there we go. Yep, the weather kicks up. up a fuss and he goes into the phone box and answers the phone going, Hello? Hello? At this point I would have gone, Speak up! There's a gigantic storm outside! 24 minutes in and one leader's just shot the other. This is Brian Cranston and Godzilla all over again. Oh, man. Uh, this is the evil meeting with his goons, right? Wait, is this... No, no, no. no that, that, that still comes That's later. For fuck's oh. sake, hurry up. They go to this company where um, they can help manipulate the weather for you under the guise of that he's got roses for a flower show that he needs tending to he needs a few more sunny days because of the ladybirds because that's flirting <laughs> and meanwhile behind the scenes there is what I can only describe as the teddy bears picnic there we go there we are I yeah. mean they- I think this is my theory 
I think... Should we, should we just explain what it is before okay. for anyone that hasn't seen it? They're having a um, meeting and they're all dressed as massive teddy bears. Yeah, all these scientists and these evil bad guys are wearing giant teddy bear suits, including Mr. Connery. So they don't know who each other yeah. are, apparently. That's, that's Sean Connery's that's reasoning. Yeah. Even but though they're colour-coded, so it's quite obvious. This is what I think's actually happened. Sean Connery has accidentally walked in on a furry convention. Yes. <laughs> But he's going to go with it. I've done weirder things in the past, I'll tell you that right now. Which one of you has brought the loop? <laughs> the fairy culture is a fascinating thing. Because it's like... It's a whole different podcast. Are we, are we delving into <laughs> this? Yeah, we are. Because I don't want to talk Finally. about... Finally! I don't want to talk about... Because I've got a few things I want to get off my chest. I'm curious, like, with, with furries, right? Because a mate of mine actually lived with one for a brief period. Oh, yeah. interesting. What did yeah. they eat? Well, you know, like, but, the thing, but there are a couple of things I remember him saying about him. One was that he walked in on him having a meeting with some of his furries, and they had like, and one of them had like a tail coming out of their trousers and stuff like Incredible. that. Wow! And this so is the other thing. Are they always ready they're, to furry? They're, well, yeah, always down. <laughs> it's like Superman underneath them. <laughs> but it was there are apparently different types of um, furries, and he asked his his uh, landlord, I guess it was at the time, because he was just a lodger. Um, so what what type are you? And he says, Oh, uh, uh, the, I'm a lizard kind. I'm a dragon. I'm actually quite fierce. I just love that. A quite fierce dragon. But the thing is, like, like, because, like, is, this is, are they an oppressed group? Are they, like, a, like, because, like, the, 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 my argument is, if these things, if, if you, if your type of thing existed in, like, the 11th century, then yeah. Hmm. Like, there were obviously gay people in the 11th century. There were transgender people in the 11th century. Were there furries in the 11th century? How do you... Were there people really into Sir Gawain and the Green Knight and cosplaying and all that sort of stuff? You know, oh, you're that... listening to British sex podcasts. But I just wonder, how, how like, do you like... find out that's your thing? Well, that, yeah. <laughs> well that's what I was going to say. Like, as, like as a kid, like I can imagine as a like you watch a couple of episodes be... of the Animals of Farthing Wood. Well, no, and I was going to say no. I'm a dis- like I'm wondering if I could become if I found out my kid was a a furry if I grew up would I be like the angry disapproving parent of like like you know when they have to come out to me it's like look here son we all had weird feelings when we first saw Lola Bunny but we didn't <laughs> do anything about it the, the time that I got annoyed at furries was when I was trying to look for presents to get my little niece and I think Zootopia had come out or Zootropolis oh, okay. or whatever it might have been for my cousins actually and so I thought I'd do a google search for toys to get her based on Zootopia <laughs> My God, man. My God, the top lines of Google image searches when you type in the little rabbit girl from Zootopia. What the fuck is wrong with you people? I, I did that at work. I work, uh, work in, a, in a primary school. And you don't work there anymore. <laughs> but no, I worked, um, I don't, it was Easter or something, and I was just Googling pictures. I had to make like a fire or a poster or something, and I was just Googling Easter Bunny. The filth on there on Google. It's not like, I just wanted something nice and cute. It's like, no, no. Absolute pirates as well. Everything has been ruined by you. Bloody sex people. Bloody sex, <laughs> bloody sex, sex people. Bloody sex That's people. a very British way of describing it. <laughs> You're those bloody All sex those people. Bloody sex people. Sorry. Always it was leaving the seeds. No, it was a complete um, partridge. These yeah, are sex people, Lynn. <laughs> sex people. So that has been our furry diversion. So or he, diversion. How do, find, how do you find out you're into it? I think it is just. I think it is genuine because I, I knew I was heterosexual when I saw Cameron Diaz in the mask. I guess it oh, was just yeah, yeah. you know you're a furry because you see Lola but Bunny like, or you see. It's like someone wearing a, a fur coat and you stroke it one day. Oh hello, 
<laughs> I don't know really how you figured that out. That's your thing. I'm assuming anime has something to do with this. Uh, okay. uh, it probably had a helping hand. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast as well, that probably didn't help. Oh, that's either. Up, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that Roger Rabbit could get a woman like Jessica, you've got to imagine that yeah. there's something going on. He had a good personality, what are you about? He made, he made a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, it's supposed to work, isn't it? Isn't it? It was supposed not. to. <laughs> Did, do you need a hug, Michael? Not from you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take off the suit, fine. <laughs> How much did they have to pay Sean Connery to wear a giant teddy bear? I think Sean Connery has this in his... <laughs> I've sure waited for this moment. I think uh, I, I'm going to place a bet that one of those teddy bears was supposed to be his good friend Michael Caine. They got fucked up one day, just woke up with teddy bear suits. This is going to be part of the film now. <laughs> I'm not taking it off. Well, I also like in this... Let's go back to the scene, because he says, does anyone have a problem? And two of the furries put their hands up. Oh, uh, pause. Oh, Pause. I thought you were asking me to pause there. No, no, no. <laughs> the pause well, let's pause for a cup of tea. Mm. 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 Smells of depraved sexualities that we keep under wraps. Yeah. <laughs> it's like hint of wrongness. <laughs> but those two that he puts the hands up, he goes, ah, oh, very good. And then he takes his two knives in his hand. Darts. Darts. And kills them both. First of all, those darts would not have penetrated the suit. The suit. Second of all, what if three people have put their hands up? Oh, okay. shit! <laughs> Pause, man. Wait there a second. I have to refill these shit. Now, I just killed those two. I promise I'm not going to kill you, but just stay there for a second. With <laughs> those two dead bodies, though, when... Because Steed and... Oh, sorry. Ralph and Uma do find the dead bodies in the boardroom. Did no one think to clear them away first? No, it's yeah. just no. Connery's gaff. Here's some evidence it. for you. Off you go. Eddie Izzard was the only one who was, you know, he's an extra staff. Because Eddie Izzard was in the Orange Bear, wasn't he? I don't know. Was he? Well, he, he, he was far too much detail on this. Well, here's the thing. They, they then they go and chase the two bears yeah. that are there. The ones in the black who goes to the top, and that's Uma's bear. Yeah. And then Eddie's bear is the orange one, which goes down the lift. And then cause you can see him throwing the bear suit in the bin ah. before they scarf her off. The greatest scene I've ever witnessed in cinema was the orange bear gets into the lift, stands there quite nonchalantly, <laughs> notices Steve, and then just points at him as he goes down. It's like, shit! It's <laughs> always Lynchian in it. It, it was fucking beautiful. I rewatched it about five times over just because I enjoyed the fact of a bear. So there's a giant, a man in a giant bear costume standing there, looks over, oh! That was you! Just, oh! He's just, you're in, you're in Schindler's List. <laughs> I've seen you in The English Patient. <laughs> it was bloody awful. Oh no, he's coming after me now. It was too long. You want to film about, what, 84 minutes? That'll do, yeah. Speaking of too long, what's the next scene? <laughs> I don't know. If, if it's been so long when does Sean Ryder turn up? Well, that's the thing. In the next scene, Rafe goes down, sorry, Ralph, Ralph. goes down to confront the orange bear, who just happens to be a Viazard. As well as four other villains, including Sean Ryder. Well, the extras turned up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> including one person who I noted as being, uh, what was it, Poundland Max Beasley. Nice. <laughs> you rewatch it, you'll see him, and nice. you'll know exactly what I'm fucking talking about. And they have the weakest of punch ups. Yeah. yeah. Where Eddie Izzard is the only one to get away in the van. You know, it is. And then as the van drives away, with the Broly name on it, there is a conveniently placed map right on the floor. For Steve to pick up, just by chance. Well, this was just for GPS, so I guess it was. Uh, <laughs> it was just so annoyingly. It was like right. You would think he could just wheel. like yeah. I was, you just throw a tracker or whatever it is, yeah. but like 
Can I also say about Eddie Izzard now? I love Eddie Izzard. I've never rated him as an actor. He was good in The Riches. I remember catching a bit of that. I've seen his little bits in Hannibal. He was good in that. I remember seeing him in The Good Wife and I didn't rate him. It was supposed to be good in that one about the Queen that came out this year. I've not seen it. Whilst uh, Ralph fights several men, including a comedian and the lead singer of Black Grape, Mrs. Peel <laughs> fights. <gasps> Mrs. Peel? Dun, dun, dun! So is this is wrong? never explained. In the original Ish. cut, it was. You'd think they'd keep at least a line. In the, <laughs> nah. you think that but that's the victim of editing that's why Warner Brothers ruined the film and he we don't know the you're not fault. told that it's a clone you're not told that it's an evil twin you're not in the told original it. script it was told that it was a robot mm. but because the original script was deviated from so much they just thought Fuck they it. also en- en- emphasised that Ro- Sean Connery is obsessed with Uma Thurman's character he like plays an organ with her, an image of her at the top of it which isn't explained yeah what, what, that Sean Connery can play the organ? I'm sure he put in the hours. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing this since I was a little boy in uh, Bordeaux. It was grand. It was too busy. It may, it's mainly so I can make puns about organs, but it's actually quite relaxing. Well, he was too busy sorting out all the teddy bear costumes, all right? He was a busy boy. Yeah, because he's a seamstress as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking me. Always lie about the measurements. He doesn't quite fetish. Just... I think I'm going to have to put mine with hands in them so I can actually throw the dutch. <laughs> Shall I put a third dart in? No, there's no way a third person's gonna take. <laughs> I mean, who would she yes to or hunt to one million dollars in the scot free we get out to? It doesn't make sense. Like, you'd think then if he has an Emma Peel robot slash clone slash twin, whatever, he would be around that robot at all times. I don't think he's with her once. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a very good point. You think, as a woman of my dreams, I can't get her. I've got an exact replica. Ah, nothing like the real thing. Yeah, but you you know when you get a new toy, you play with it loads. So you probably would have... Are you saying it's kind of rare to that point? (laughs) Okay, well this is getting to a whole new sex thing. I'm saying the sex robot... We've done furries, we don't need sex robots as well. Let's just move on. Furry sex robots. Uh, No, 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 naughty, naughty, no. He definitely Looks, look, son. We all have weird feelings about Bender's girlfriend and Futurama, but we didn't do anything about it. And in the next scene, we find Mother playing croquet, uh-huh. but she's blind. Playing croquet with Alex De Winter and talking about their evil plan because they're evil. Has anyone ever played croquet? No. Nope. no. But it just—it did remind me slightly of uh, the Prisoner. Uh, so I play croquet and the prisoner do that. Do they? I've never watched the prisoner. From I the seem to change. remember that being a thing. Mm. So I was just thinking it was like that. It feels part. like croquet's never even brought up anymore. I'd like as a kid, I grew up with it as like a stereotype of British. Yeah, yeah. But that's not even brought up as that anymore. I wonder if there's any societies. Why don't you Google it and find out your local croquet society <laughs> and then piss on their graves? <laughs> Sean Connery meant to go there, but he went to the Crochet Society. But unfortunately, <laughs> well, I can do something with this. I'll make a few bears. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Also, I loved about the bears. You forgot this. Like, you had different expressions on them. There was sad bear. There yeah. was happy bear. <laughs> am I going to make them all the one colour? I'm a fuck. I'm going to have this one be bright green. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the next scene. Robot Hornets! Yeah, Robot is... horny, more like. This is my uh, favourite thing. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the favourite sentence, my most favourite sentence I've ever written down, ever. Sean Ryder and Eddie Izzard unleash a swarm of massive robot wasps onto Ralph Fiennes and Uma Thurman. 
Just a brilliant sentence, that isn't it? I mean, <laughs> just a glorious sentence. This was this was those times in the uh, in the nineties where it was like post Jurassic Park, post Stargate, and there's like with CGI we can do anything. <laughs> Massive robot wasps. You really can't do it. Including okay. the mechanical one that was sticking out the back of the car. Well, that's the thing. When the, is... the, so there's one brief period where they actually had to build handcrafted actual, and that looks so much better. Yeah, isn't it just? Uh, I like the idea of it like they didn't know what to do they wanted like a battle scene sort of thing but they well, went, they went, they went to, like a... they went to Sean it's like Sean what do you want hey man wasps massive robot no 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 it was, yeah Sean it was just like <laughs> I'll tell you what she makes oh, she makes me I'm up makes me horny oh it's horny robot where's Bez I want Bez robot horny robot horny robot hornets alright yeah looks like it worked for Bez is one of the bears just dancing he was the orange bear. I mean, like, Shit! <laughs> he would have been such a better henchman as well. He's like, like shooting at him and he dances. And, uh, he keeps, he keeps right, John Steve, man. He keeps dodging the bullets. He, he kills them with his maracas. Oh, yes. Deadly maracas to the face. Yeah, twist them a melon, man. And then he drives around in the most British car ever. The taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm pretty Is sure... Is it a taxi or a mini? It's a taxi he drives it, like a donut taxi, because I had it on Pimp My Ride UK with Tim Westwood. Higher so Eddie's out at this point was going, oh, so hornets were. They go in, they, they try and attack, Eddie, and they go, Eddie, Eddie, no, Eddie, we're talking, you're you, silent. You, you've okay? just you're got, mute. You've you know. just got controls to hornets, all right? Yeah. Of course, hornets don't make honey, so all the other bees, they're like, oh, what are you here for, you scrounger? Oh. Here's Sean Ryder. Um, yeah, I'm a word he makes you less sense to me Sean look you're a silent part you're henchman alright both of you Eddie you don't talk Eddie you don't talk Sean we've given you robot wasp what more do you need I don't want to Sean shut up here's some speed no you don't snort well you can't snort in your face that's where you put it or you know I'm pretty sure that entire sequence with the robot hornets and the CGI that took up most of the budget. Yep. Oh, which would explain Sean question. Ryder and the lack of extras. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The next next thing that we find they they've run into Alice, uh, another agent from the the ministry, and she's just oh yes been shooting the shit out of everything with an Uzi, which just happens to be a, that was supposed to be apparently a role for Diana Rigg. Ah, uh, makes sense. They had set it up for her, but she passed on the project, and they brought in—I think it was Eileen Atkins instead. Which mm. you could see why she had quite a prominent role then. Yeah. In fact, Atkins, well, it's like it's like how in Skyfall, the um, the the Scot- the old Scottish man in Albert the, Finney. Yeah, it's very obvious he was meant to be Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> um, You've got to be fucking joking, haven't you? <laughs> did you see a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I'm not acting. Okay. So they go on to De Winter's property. Um, they, they go past a sinister peacock with a spy camera. Because, you know, the biggest cliche going. Well, the wasps didn't work. So surely your whole point about a spy camera is that you don't notice them. And surely the whole point of peacocks is them wanting you, make... you to notice them. Anyway, Mrs. Peel then falls down a large rabbit hole. And then we get, uh, whilst they're going through a maze, there's a, a fight between De Winter and uh, Ralph. There's also a minute talk about umbrellas. Yeah. But they <laughs> have set up to a fight that doesn't umbrellas for a minute. They have a fight. Yeah. And there's just so much weather banter. I, it fucking hurts. Quite me. the frosty reception. We also, we're about 45 minutes in here, and we got our first year. Yeah, <laughs> it took him a while. It took him a while to get going. He does say peel, Emma Peel, peel. and I think he says Steed, John uh, Steed. Okay. 
Uma's been captured by De Winter. Boo. And they have that 60s trope of a spinny, colourful, hypnotic thing mm. to hypnotise her. But you've already got the other MP, you don't need to. Ugh. And then, then once she's being interrogated by De Winter, once she's being hypnotised, she goes, Is it just the two of us? And he goes, Yes, like spoons in a drawer. Is that a saying? <laughs> is that a thing he's, that's a, lo- a, he's a lonely lonely man that's right? a phrase as smart as a little boy's boots that is <laughs> <laughs> two spoons I mean I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bachelor man living a bachelor uh, lifestyle but I have more than two spoons in my drawer surely you get more than two in a like a, you get a in pack a, when you buy from Ikea he's, he's got he's an old man he's lost his spoons along the way he's not I think he just ones. basically wants to say <laughs> I want a spoon you I use this one for yoghurt and this one for my tea yeah, but, I mean once you're 80 you're not going to buy any more spoons are you it depends how much you use the spoons, really. I'm not. Yeah, if you lose all your spoons, you're not going to be like, ah, fuck it, I'm over 80. I'll just not eat any spoon based yeah. stuff. I'll just have nothing but pepperoni. Or is it when he's being sexy? He doesn't want them staying over, so he's only got like one knife. One yeah. oh, I'm sorry, darling, I've only got the two spoons. And one of them. And that's how I eat my porridge. With two handed. <laughs> I've only got two spoons, and today I'm going to play them against my kneecap. <laughs> Like my Scottish French ancestors. <laughs> I, after a 25 minute organ piece, I do a spoon show. <laughs> I like to invoke Would you like my new prog rock album? Connery the plays... Winter in the Night of the August. <laughs> Connery plays the hitch. <laughs> Uma manages to break out of a very confusing house. Oh, is it like oh, meant to be like an MC yeah. Escher yeah. sort Which is yeah. a hark back to an old episode of The Avengers because ah. they did an episode where the characters were trapped in a house like an MC Escher painting. Again, I just assumed it was Sean's house and that's his sex den. <laughs> they can't there escape is. when they can't find the exit. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to go running to the police when they can't leave. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, Steve, she bashes through a window that's also a mirror for some fucking reason. Goes head first as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so comes she's out. <laughs> Goes head first. No scars. No scars. No visible damage. And she goes, she breaks out and uh, Steve takes her back to her, or to his but apartment. She, she just smashed this big statue sort of thing. She could have used that to smash a window. No, head first. Right, going through. She didn't know it was a window to begin with. Oh. Anyway, so she comes out and um, Steve gives her a pair of kinky boots. That's a reference. I'm going to have a cup of tea off the back of that. Also, in that scene... Cup of tea. Cup of tea. Sorry, I'm a bit how uncouth of me. Mm. Oh. Tastes like rude interruptions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I envy whoever has to clean all these cups. <laughs> now, now, but that's this, this, is, this is a recurring thing as well. People being knocked unconscious, waking up in the place that they're safe, and being very nonchalant about what just happened. It was to the nineties. We were all. Or was it the sixties? We don't know. We were all getting knocked unconscious and waking up somewhere else and having to act off as if. Play yeah, it off as exactly. if nothing happened. Maybe that's why they're relaxing the way they are. They've all just had a series of post concussion symptoms. <laughs> but this scene with the boots is supposed to be. Quite, it's them flirting throughout. They've been flirting for like an hour at this point, and it's supposed to be this sexy scene where he undoes where he her put, boots and puts them on. Yeah, but, puts her on! But he puts them on about four times. Just like, <laughs> Do you like that one? Do you like that one? Do you like that one? I tell you what though, it's like a there's no, I tell you, there's no sensation of someone putting on a shoe, I think, that will top. As a kid going into the clerks and having that robot thing, oh, to, I used to yeah. bloody love that. Measuring your shoes goes. Maybe that's how. 
Maybe that's that would have been, really, like, um, been ten times sexier than this film. But maybe that's how people get into sex robots. That's yes, it that's it. Because there's a lot of sex robots and fat footage. You've got two in one. Oh, right it was there. like it was little furry down there. That was where footage just come from. There we go. That's it. That's resorted. Robot sex furries, foot fetish, robot hornets, all this stuff. We finally figured out. Right. Getting back to the matter at hand, which is the Avengers. <laughs> and no, no thought. No thought no either. <laughs> so, finally, after nearly an hour, the Ministry come and arrest Mrs. Pill, despite her being the chief suspect. It took them the majority of the film. To be fair, they had to roll, I think there's what, four officers? They had to go to each corner of the United Kingdom <laughs> to get the one officer that's in each of those areas. Also, they were, her and Ralph were just about to kiss as well, so it's like, oh, they're going to bang, they're going to bang. Arrested. Uh, not in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> no chemistry. But it, is not, it is not the 29th of August. That is the one day we allow it to happen. Ralph's I don't know why I picked my brother's birthday as like a national, <laughs> as national sex day, but there we go. <laughs> The purge. <laughs> oh, at the height. Sex purge. That's amazing. At the height of August, that's too hot. Oh uh, uh, yeah, it's you, too hot for sex. You want August. it about November twentieth? April will be nice. No, April. November. Chilly outside. Got to wrap up warm. No, I'm overthinking this. No, you are. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was the last time you had sex? November. <laughs> twenty something. I can't even. Well, twenty eighteen now. Twenty. So now Miss Mrs. Peel has been arrested. Uh, John Steed decides to investigate the matter further, so he goes back to the ministry just as it starts suspiciously snowing. Mm. And he goes down to the archives and meets Invisible Jones, voiced by the original John Steed. I have to get the cameo in, yeah. But he he's literally invisible throughout the whole thing, so it's a voice cameo throughout. But I think he did like wear a motion capture, like a green screen. Yeah. Like, you see his silhouette. He goes past a um, like a projector, and you can see like the outline of him. But not him physically. It's it's. So he must have worn something. So it's like a proper like they've really had to inconvenience him, make him wear something awful. It's always an interesting thing, like how who's up for the cameo afterwards. Like it's a sign of how good you're doing, really. Maybe because mm. it's like Sean Connery. Do you want to do Skyfall? Do I fuck want to do Skyfall? <laughs> how much? <laughs> Whereas this one, it's uh, Patrick McGee. Do you want to do? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He didn't even let. We're me... remaking the Avengers, and you want me to put on the bowler hat? Not quite. <laughs> Um, you see, we've got Sean Connery wearing a teddy bear suit, and you want me to put one on as well? No, not quite. Could That's you a just... shame, because I'm a furry. Have you heard of these things? <laughs> <Could> you... <laughs> also, have well, you got one of those robot foot them. things that you get across? <laughs> Patrick, what we need you to do is pretend to be invisible. I've felt that way for the past 15 years. <laughs> it's the part I was born to play. <laughs> I'm John Steed, damn it! But yeah, um... The Blackburn Striker. <laughs> I know, right... Now we get to the point where uh, mother and father confront each other and it turns out... Oh, father breaks my heart. That does. Oh, you mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, 98 was around the time it did start to fall apart. <laughs> oh, that hurts far deeper than it should have done. <laughs> so I know this film's meant to be quirky, but... <laughs> let's, wait, let's, let's have a couple of teas, that. Yeah. Mm. Tastes like skyrocketing divorce rates. I'm getting hints of... Depression. <laughs> two sets Daddy! Of... Ooh, two sets of birthday presents. Oh, <laughs> mm, tastes, yeah. like, tastes like awkward trips to Fort Shopping Park. <laughs> <laughs> but you at least got a DVD out of it. 
Oh, that is hitting far too far. <laughs> <laughs> Double Christmas? <laughs> not quite. No. <laughs> Two half Christmases at best. And it does cut, not come to the sum of its parts. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know this film's meant to be quirky, but with lines like Mother Knows Best, they, that's really not helping. And then when she, when she like, topples Mother in his wheelchair, she goes, well... It's no longer Mother's Day. Ah! Oh. Jim Broadbent's like, this is me for the film. Okay. That's it. My favourite bit, he's just got a fag on. He's down, he's lying down. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. Steve, mate, I'm Steve fine. stumbles across him, just lying in the stove, and he says, don't mind me, Steve. I've got a packet of Bensons and I'm grand. <laughs> right, the next scenes, we've got um, Mrs. Peel and the evil Mrs. Peel and father are in a hot air balloon. And they're going around London during the snow because they're trying to, you know, kill Mrs. Pill or whatever. I, I couldn't care less at the point. Has Sean Connery given his United Nations speech yet? This is uh, like, yeah, which is an hour into an hour twenty-five film. And it I will finally, finally, explain. finally explain the plot. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but also, father's watching the footage of Sean Connery giving this speech, and it's like it's being filmed, but you can see. No cameras are ever seen. Oh, them spy it's, cameras are yeah. magic. No, but you can see the way there were peacocks all yeah. travelling around, walking around. <laughs> Just a shitload of peacocks. <laughs> <laughs> At no point did anyone in the meetings go, Does anyone. <laughs> I mean, they're not exactly income fucking spickers, are they? <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am I just tripping again? Is that what's happening? <laughs> Just one solitary teddy bear just in the corner with a big camera in his face. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, De Winter's now approved his plan that he was going to uh, hold everyone's people control, will his, die. His, his whole evil plan was to control the but weather, is... make the governments pay for the weather. As for, for, for the getting, he would have to live in it. <laughs> well, I assume he's in like, a little lair bubble thing. But like, uh, he's also wearing what I assume Sean Connery wore anticipating the yes vote to win back in uh, 2014. <laughs> This is our moment, gentlemen. Let's just have our independence while I am here in a tax-free haven in Switzerland. <laughs> full kilt, full kilt hat. I think he's holding bagpipes. Oh no, no, he's got uh, drummers and bagpipes behind him. Yeah. That's how he got brought on, like the most and fucking says, bare band ever. Now is the winter of your discontent. We get into this other scene now, where Mrs. Peel and Mrs. Peel and father. Well, the weirdest thing I've ever said. This is why it was so dumb as well that they have them do the fight scene when it's Uma Thurman against Uma Thurman. So that means it's all got to be edited awkwardly. Yeah, yeah. One, this is, isn't, you one know... was wearing a red dress and leather jacket and the other one was wearing just black. a leather jacket. No, she was wearing <laughs> a leather cat suit. Cat suit yeah. Yeah. But this is the weird suit, thing yeah. now because she beats her. Yeah. And then... She... We'll, 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 we'll get to that. We will address this. Uh, anyway. She, as, as she did. This will be addressed. <laughs> this will be addressed. Anyway, the fight scene awful ends in the weather balloon crashing into a building and Uma Thurman's good peel we'll call it good peel good Uma jumps from the height of Nelson's column which they smashed through to the ground and doesn't get injured yeah but there was snow it's fine she's gone head first through a mirror <laughs> and then jumped from the height of Nelson's column I think which which is let me just get this up here the height of Nelson's column is over 50 metres over 130 feet in the air yeah, and she doesn't even get hurt. I have a theory, guys. It, it, was, sno theory. it was snowing. Snow is soft. Fuck off! <laughs> I have a theory, guys. This is Robot Uma Thurman. <gasps> oh my God, Mrs. Peel was just a bunch of robots. <laughs> like the Fembots from Austin Powers. In all toys, because it's a rough at the same robots. time. It's like, it's like Gremlin. She's like the gizmo robot, so she's the good robot, but every offshoot of her has been the evil versions of the robots. 
That would have been God. more fun. Yeah, she <laughs> and interesting. Also, can I just say quickly? The hot air balloon has to be the worst getaway mode of transportation. It's like the next worst will probably be like, Push the, bike. like a tram. Hey, <laughs> I will not hear a bad word against a tram. No, As a getaway. No, I think, I think a push bike. Unicycle. Would, yeah. <laughs> a push bike with the stabiliser still on. <laughs> I'm getting away, guys. No, I have not. seen people now on my daily commute travelling with a scooter. Oh, no! Oh, God, yeah. No! Grow up! <laughs> it's Get not... a real job and some depression. You're not 12 <laughs> in the 90s, so stop it. If you have a real job, which would suggest with the commute, you do not use a scooter, good man. <laughs> Oh, actually, on my train yesterday, I had a great one. Um, I get a train to work every day, and uh, the little ding-dong delayed message. Ding-dong, your train's delayed by 20 minutes because we haven't got any trains. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) I'm in a train! (laughs) Surely it should be easier to get places with no other trains in the way. Save us, Jeremy. So it was delayed by like 40 minutes, but there wasn't enough trains on it. But where do trains go if there's not trains on the track? Like, there's nowhere else. It's just one way. It's just literal to Birmingham. It's it, That's it. That's all it goes. Why do you the not trains train? themselves were on strike. We don't have enough trains. How do you not have enough trains? Thomas and Gordon were like, fuck this. <laughs> You're a train station. That's where trains go. That's where uh, they live. Anyway, let's get back on to it. Yes, back into the thing. So, Uma Thurman flies 130 feet through the air, lands on snow, doesn't yep. get hurt, and her first instinct is, mm, snog Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she, was concu- she was concussed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that why she ended up making my super ex-girlfriend? Oh, with, with, with Eddie Izzard, uh, the Avengers reunion no one asked for, <laughs> but we got. Um, so they decide to go and uh, confront De Winter at his secret island base. Um, and they decide to do this whilst in Zorbs, because yep. that's inconspicuous. But the was, most that, was, that, thing... was that a thing from the television? I, just I, assumed, think, I assumed it was. I so. think that was more of a reference to... The Prisoner, um, I would have thought. Yeah, The Prisoner. Yeah, yeah. So it was like he was trying to keep him with that 60s thing. But like you were trying to bring up earlier, for some reason, Uma decided, now's a good time for a costume change. What am I going to wear? The exact same outfit that my evil clone was wearing, a black jacket. I guess it's the best way you can go. You know what? That would look good on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the ultimate mirror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And try all of your looks on. <laughs> so yeah, they decide to choose two less than conspicuous orbs to go to De Winter's Island. So they're having a fight. So they're having a fight. Uma um, Thurman has a fight with, with Eddie. Eddie Izzard, which I didn't realise until I watched this film is the thing I needed most in life. A tightrope walk fight between Eddie Izzard and Uma Thurman. Yeah. Again, Eddie Izzard, oh yes, tightrope. Oh. Goes to walk on tightrope. Uh, uh, walk across the Grand Canyon. Yes. There was one man. No word. Uh, uh, Mr. Eddie. Ed, 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 mate. No way. I've, I've actually Eddie. got a good routine here. I want to do it. I've <laughs> 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 set myself up for a fall here. A fall off the Grand Canyon. Oh, it'd be awful. No. But there was one man. Yes. Uh, Turn to Boris Johnson. <laughs> he he uh, unicycled across the, the, the on a the, on the tightrope. And then he had a meal in the middle of the, of the rope on the Grand Canyon. And of course, problem was, he kept calling him waiters. And then one waiter would go, ah! <laughs> and the second waiter, ah! It took, it took five hours to make his order. Yeah, Eddie, all we needed to do is to like land on things again, go, oh, to... fuck, and then fall. Yeah. I don't think he says, oh, fuck, though. That was a dub from someone yeah. else because it didn't sound like Eddie Izzard. What, what did didn't... sound like Eddie Izzard, though, was... No, yes. no. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, no. T! No, Eddie. <laughs> Mm, no, tastes Eddie, like bad impressions. Eddie would not be having tea. Eddie would be having lots of wine at this point. He'd have a lot in, of wine in the nineties. In the initial script, Eddie Izzard's character was supposed to have like three, four lines. 
But then he he literally said, "I think my character should be silent pretty much throughout." Again, this is Eddie. He's not thinking he's, he's an cool. actor. <laughs> I, I, I think Bailey should be a quiet character. You know, she's she's busy knocking no, around. Lorcan, like Lorcan did it better. <laughs> yeah, all right. and that's saying something. <laughs> Alright then, Bell, let's see your Eddie Izzard challenge. Alright, I'm Eddie Izzard. Say some jam. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear my other impressions? No. Pick another impression. I can all do, right. I can do <laughs> Phil Jupiter's. Here I am, Phil Jupiter's. Here's some jam. <laughs> okay, uh, three, let's, three. let's hear Michael Bell's impression of Michael Ball. Here I am, Michael Ball. Here's some jam and a song. <laughs> jam, jam and a song. And the jam is all for me. <laughs> this Michael is Ball. Michael Ball's jam. Michael Ball got very big very quick. It was mm, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just went, don't care, I'm doing musicals. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> Money Music. and cake. He must have been relieved when hairspray came along. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need any pack? No. Well, it's the Monday and then the evening performance. He just eats in between. <laughs> it's like a three-hour gap. He just eats He's got his own personal Five Guys. <laughs> I like Michael. Five Bob. Guys. That's more than the henchman Sean Connery had in this film. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they're playing Mas- on some wires. They have a wire fight. Eddie Izzard sadly loses and falls to his death with the phrase oh fuck the only phrase he's uttered throughout the entire film and I guess you're PG-13 yep there we go I think that I don't have no recollection for that so I think that was cut in the British cinema so that could be like PG or whatever it was uh, here and then it was added on in like post-production for like the home you, video yours, release yeah, okay yeah. that seems about fair because I have no, I, my memory was they never said anything so when I, when so I what, saw this for the first time in 20 years I was like, what? <laughs> so what you saw in the original version was kind of the, the airplane version of it, should we call it? Oh, fudge. <laughs> oh, fiddlesticks. No. Anywho, it all gets a bit crystal maze now because Rafe, sorry, Ralph oh, finds Sean in like this weird... No, scene. <laughs> scene. Scene. <laughs> so Ralph and Cian, uh face off because of course they need another weather banter fight to the death. Uh, there's an, the obligatory destruction of the uh, the clock tower parliament he throws those darts oh, into yeah, his hat a... yeah and now, ruins now the given, hat. given what the distance of those darts can do to a suit <laughs> yeah a bear, a bear suit, suit yeah. that should have killed Ray Fine, Ralph Fine then and there but it's a magic hat you know? yeah. I'm not I'm not right I'm not going to lie about this when writing up the notes for this film getting towards the end all I've written is the last 12 minutes were basically a fog well I put down Uma plays on some wires and kills Eddie. Ralph and Sean have a fight and blow up. Blur. Ralph gets the angriest he does in the entire film when his hat gets ruined. Yeah, yes. he's, he's yes. sort of channeled. That is that is as close as we got to a- acting. That's the nearest we got to his character. Which I guess was part of his humour. We also then, find out that his umbrella's a knife or yeah. a sword. So yeah. they win. They're in the. They they have another cup of tea yeah. and the film ends. So it's take over pretty a bit. much. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, yeah. that's fine because literally. My Sean, entire mind went. Sean no, blows no, no. up. Sean blows up by lightning for reasons, weather reasons. Because his name is August De Winter. He controls the weather. Of course, he has to die by the he weather. Died by lightning, and then they banged. Every great villain has to die in some sort of ironic so way. So let's end the film with a final cup of tea. Oh, why? Why did I watch that? Tastes like terrible editing. Tastes like a failing film industry. So um, yeah, that was the Avengers. First and foremost, I have to ask you both: say one thing you liked about the film I'm going to start with look I think some I remember watching it thinking some of the sets were quite impressive 
Mm. Some of the set design, like his final lair, where where he's fighting him on a bridge, and there's the two things. Yeah, and the that, uh, Pinewood Studios, absolutely. And so I was impressed by that, and then I did a little bit of look up, and the guy who did the set designs then went on to do the set designs of all the Harry Potter films. Oh. Yeah, so really that, that that was a sign. I, I can I can detect a good set designer. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to say anything positive about the film, may as well be the sets. Uh, Michelle Labelle. I like the cast. The cast generally were good, just yeah. not in this. Yeah. Well, there's got to be something with the film itself. I would struggle to, honestly. I just so meh, just apathy. Right? That's, that's the okay. point there's on no, this part, the, the struggle to find something good. I did not find anything good. I like the cast. I like, I like the cast. Um, he had a nice hat. The, the costumes. Gosh, there we go. Gosh, the the do, not bowler hat, yeah. That'll do. We're very say, much going after the crafts of the arts and crafts of this. I did, I did actually, no, I did laugh when they had the cup of tea in the car. Yeah, because it's, that, it's, yeah. it's astonishingly British, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say two positive things about this, because Ooh, number no, one, I enjoyed a lot of the old references to the original TV show. It was nice to hear the theme music, it was good to see some of the original tropes coming through, so as a, like the nostalgia critically freak that I am, I enjoyed that. But also, from what I've read, the original cut was nowhere near as bad. Mm. This was like Suicide Squad. I don't see oh, how you like Suicide Squad. Oh, no, no, no. no Compared to wrong. what it could have been and that what is, it should have been, no. That is that is amongst the, the ten worst films I've seen this decade. I Suicide liked it. Squad. It had all the potential and it got ruined by editing. Would you? What, this is the thing, though. I and find it hard to believe that there's, no. there's 40 minutes that makes it good. So I think they've gone... Because it's interesting when you see... Usually a sign that a film's going to be bad is like when you when I've been getting all the publicity and then you see like like Jonah Hex is like 83 minutes oh, or God, the yeah. most recent one The Dark Tower based on epic fantasies and everything and then I just saw running time 95 minutes I was like well this was a shit storm <laughs> yeah. it's just it's this is it's, I think for I me I think their choice is either do you get is it long um, is it better to prolong the inevitable rubbishness I don't think I would have been bored though. I think there would have been more in it that would have entertained me. So I read up a whole thing about it in Empire and like new executives came in just when it was coming out. It wasn't no, their okay. film. They didn't get it. So they like, like I said, they test screened it. They fucked it over. They didn't even give it a premiere. Yeah, they went <laughs> straight to release. No critics, no nothing. They just went straight to release. And that's why it, 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 that's never a good sign. Because they did the same with like movie 43. It's just films that are, they know are going to die on its ass, but they can't pull out of. The only thing I remember at the time, because uh, I was a big Eddie Izzard fan, so I'd have been 12 maybe, and uh, I remember him saying about it, I was like, oh, Eddie Izzard's in the film, I'll watch that, and I did, 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> I think what bothers me, and that the reason I don't think it's salvageable, is that the tone throughout it all is so... Un- it's obviously meant to be... It's ob- Watching it now, I realise it's meant as a comedy. As a kid, I thought it was meant to be like an action film. Like, like yeah, I didn't know what it was supposed to be. And it's obviously meant to be a comedy, but it's not... And, and the humour is meant to be in parodying Britishness, so it's like their idea of stiff upper lipness. And so the idea that the British are not fundamentally unemotional people, which is a bullshit. And you take that back. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> we have plenty. We have anger. Yes. <laughs> we have self righteousness. <laughs> and lager. Yeah. So it's like it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tourist vision of the UK that they're pastiching. And if it's going to be underplayed, and if the tone is going to be so po- like just like no effort in the acting, then why should I be making an effort in watching? Mm. You know, and it's just like if they don't care, why do I care? Like they're not phased by anything, they're not bothered film. by anything. Like, like yeah, the fact it's going for um... camp, but it's not camp. It's not anything. But the fact like we didn't, the plot was only really explained an hour into an hour and twenty-five film. 
know, that's when, I mean, the, got, that's when the baddie made his speech again, about, that was meant you know, to be, yeah. Obviously, looking back at it, obviously yeah. the humour's meant to be, oh, what are the British obsessed with the weather? So it yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah, that yeah. the big thing that's going to affect us all is the weather and all that. But I genuinely didn't know until, until that speech what was going on. I think it tried too hard to try and stay to the original series. Yeah. And that's... The, the, the biggest problem of having, like, TV reboots and adaptations are they try too hard to stay to the original series. You need to try and deviate and update. As annoying as all the Hollywood blockbusters are now, they're usually made by people with, like, care and effort and everything. This was back in the days where they just hired hacks. No one that has any emotional attachment to anything. So as far as I'm aware, this guy, like, the people involved in this had no affection for the Avengers... They didn't care about the Avengers. It's like how, uh, you know, Joel Schumacher. You'd never hire a Joel Schumacher to direct a Batman movie now. No. You'd hire a director that they know, they give an interview and they say, I read the comics or I love this particular thing. They'll get people that care. This is just a guy doing a job. Mm. You know, and that's the like it's a jobs worth thing, and that was what blockbuster films were like in the late nineties. Nowadays, they're ubiquitous and they're following a formula, but there's usually at least a base level of competence. You don't even get that with this. There's no competence. There's no anything. Like, no one cared enough to make mm. a good film. I think they just went blase, just like, I think this will work. <laughs> and it didn't. And then that's the thing, because then like, fans like me get annoyed by it. Not you want passion. That, yeah. But want, yeah. But that nerd culture wasn't real. Well, I mean, it would have been around, but obviously, like, you know, if there's a comic book film now that does bad. Every nerd on the world goes, ah, you've ruined everything. Because the, the internet wasn't really around. Or in half of them say Rotten Tomatoes is lying and boycotting. <laughs> yeah. It. But because the internet wasn't as powerful anyway, but the very, that, you well, would have had little groups. Like, and, Suicide Squad was clearly a film made of passion. This wasn't made out of passion. Yeah. Yeah. It's just made out of money. Yeah. And it was, yeah. And just. 60 million, and he only made back 48. It could have been good, though. The cast was good. But what's fascinating is the alternate reality versions. There is a version of this that was going to be directed by David Fincher. No. With um, Charles Dance playing um, John Steed. Yes, I know. And he wanted it people. to be in black and white. Oh, God, I would have watched the shit out of that. Can you imagine that somewhere there's a some universe out there, there's a black and white David Fincher directed Avengers film starring Charles Dance? That yeah, but would Sean Ryder still be in it? I hope not. I don't know. Then I wouldn't watch it. Maybe. <laughs> Fucking hell, in Gone Girl, he cast uh, Tyler Perry. So he's not. <laughs> and plus. And Emily uh, Ratchewakowska. Yeah, and a very, very, very creepy Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. So oh, he's not. He's he good as a creep. He's he, very you know, David Finch is not against eccentric casting. He had Meatloaf in Fight Club. You know? He did. Yes, yeah. as well as Jared Leto. So one singer and Jared Leto. Um, cup of tea? Uh, wait, wait. We'll, have, we we'll have a cup of tea. Meanwhile. Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! Don't watch that, watch this. This is the regular segment we have on the show where basically we suggest things that you should watch instead of this dreck. And um, I'm going to throw out a suggestion. I know it's going to be a bit obvious, but if you want to watch a film about a very British spy who's uh, suited up and uses an umbrella to devastating effect, you're going to go ahead and watch Kingsman The Secret Service. I would agree with that. I was going to pitch The Man From Uncle, but I, I think... And that was it's kind of two different ends of the spectrum like an adaptation that kind of has respect and reverence to the show that it's, that it's adapting and actually keeps it in period as well Yeah. so I do want to big up Man From Uncle because it nearly took the one for Revolver and it nearly took the one for this but I will agree with you if you're going to watch anything watch Kings it's, it's an obvious one and a lot of you probably will have but like everything that the Avengers tries to do you're right this did yeah and it Kings also kept did. it within a modern context it, as well because having the a, character like Eggsy yeah. 
was able to become more relatable than any one of the characters in the Avengers. And it's a loving pastiche homage to Britishness, but it's also made by British people. Mm. And it also explores elements of Britishness that maybe the rest of the world don't know as much of. The chavs and everything, and, and the class yeah. dynamics that's... And the action scenes are fantastic. Oh, and, super. You know, like the church scene alone is better than everything in the Avengers. Yeah. And you got Colin, Colin Firth wouldn't have been a bad, you know, I'm, I'm sure actually this was like Pride and Prejudice time. If Ralph, if Ralph Fiennes had turned it down, Colin Firth probably would have been sucked into this. I reckon uh, Colin black would, have Firth would have been an amazing steed. He would have really helped the film. Mm. Yeah. Not saved him. No. Look, if Ralph Fiennes can't, if Ralph Fiennes can't do it, you know, I don't know many other people that could have with that. He would have been. They would have all been directed. No, play it less. Yeah. Play it less. Play it less. Play it less. Turn it down, down further, and now T. Tastes like social media accounts if you'd like to get in touch with me <laughs> swish it's Lorcan Mullen that's L-O-R-C-A-N M-U-L-L-A for Apple Shit. N for Norman that's my Twitter handle that's my Instagram handle if you put an at gmail.com at the end of it that's my email address well I've been Michael do you want some jam uh, I am Michael Bell at, uh, at Michael Bell 86 uh, on Twitter and Facebook I'll just find me <laughs> uh, I am uh, at Tom Hawkinson spare T-H-O-M because I'm a pretentious knob <laughs> almost as much as John Steed um, you can find me there on Twitter Facebook and on because I'm a millennial I've got the Instagrams as well so you can find me on there uh, on top of that you can also find the best or worst of British podcast on both Twitter and Facebook uh, yes the Twitter handle is Bob Pod. that's B-O-W-O-B pod and then just look for Breast of Worst of British on the Facebook and you can find us there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's this week. Yep, yeah, that's been week, this week. Uh, next week we're going to get all musical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's just set this up now. I am the one person in this room that doesn't like the Beatles. We're not talking about A Hard Day's Night or Help or even Yellow Submarine. What, oh, are, we ta- oh, what are we talking about, Michael? We are talking about Give My Regards to Broad Street. The Paul McCartney... Musical, uh, vanity day project. in the life vanity project, very much on vanity. So uh, yeah, we'll be looking at that. Uh, I believe Michael will be hosting that one. Won't Absolutely, we? a lot. And so we'll be getting to that. Until then, we've been three people uh, talking about a film. Yeah, we've been making fun of a film that people put hard work and effort and money into. This week, I nearly fell over a dog. Giving it to Disraeli. <laughs> <laughs>